This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Ukrainian President Zelensky, in his impassioned speech to the U.N. Security Council yesterday, urged the U.N. to take action against Russia. He said Russia's military for war crimes and alleged atrocities in Bukha and elsewhere. Elon Musk's big stake in Twitter and his seat on the board has users calling for free speech reforms and the reinstatements of former President Trump to that platform. As midterm elections inch nearer, even some Democrats are abandoning President Biden for his decision to lift Title 42, which will allow a flood of migrants across the U.S.-Mexico border. Three states are suing. A New York City assistant corporation counsel fired from her job for speaking out against New York City Mayor Adams' reinstatement of the COVID-19 mask mandate for kids. Under five says she is seeking legal counsel. Gulf great Tiger Woods is back in competition more than a year after a near-fatal car crash. He's competing in the Masters. Here's your top five at five. Deborah Valentine with your top five at five. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky told the United Nations Security Council yesterday that Russia is worse than Nazi Germany in Ukraine. He said newly uncovered atrocities near Kiev could be worse than those in Bukha. Civilian bodies were found in mass graves and on streets. Zelensky speaks Tuesday to the U.N. Security Council. They cut off uh, limbs, cut their throats, slashed their throats. Women were raped and killed in front of their children. They were, uh, their tongues were pulled out only because the aggressor did not hear what they wanted to hear from them. So this is no different from other ter- terrorists such as Daesh who occupied some territories. And here it is done by a, a member of the United Nations Security Council. The U.S. and European Union are imposed broad new packages of sanctions on Moscow, including sanctions on Russian President Vladimir Putin's two daughters. President Biden today is expected to announce new sanctions, including a ban on all new investments in Russia. The EU is moving to ban imports on Russian coal. Republican lawmakers and Twitter users are calling on Elon Musk to reinstate former President Donald Trump to the social media platform. Twitter, though, says it has no plans to do so. The world's richest man now has a seat on Twitter's board of directors after buying a 9.2% stake in the woke social media platform. Republican Kentucky Senator Rand Paul gives his thoughts on Musk on Fox News. 
There couldn't be more than one viewpoint. Only, you know, the group thinks this way. You're not allowed to think. So I think the more ideas, the better. But I do respect that Twitter's a private company and has the right to regulate speech. I don't think it's a good idea, nor do I think it's good for the country. But I do think Elon Musk will be a good addition to Twitter and hopefully a good voice on their board for more freedom of speech. Musk joining the platform cost shares rise over 7%. He's promised to make significant reforms. Musk is expected to address what he says is the platform's failure to adhere to free speech principles and fundamentally undermine democracy. Twitter Twitter also has an edit button it says that is in development. Vulnerable and centrist Democrats are scrambling to distance themselves from President Biden's decision to lift Title 42. It will allow a massive influx of immigrants across U.S.-Mexico border. Biden chose to lift the Trump-era rule under intense pressure from progressives and immigration advocates. Here's Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy talking about Title 42. The American people need to understand that this Title 42 issue is just another enforcement tool that Secretary Mayorkas and the president and the entire administration refuse to use. They're not interested in using any of the tools at their disposal. Migrant protection protocols are under a federal judge, uh, judge's order. We have federal laws on the books like the Secure Fence Act blatantly be ignored. Three states are suing over Biden's lifting of Title 42 implemented during COVID. Now, they argue the lifting of the mandate was done without required CDC hearings. Senator Raphael Warnock of Georgia became the latest vulnerable Senate Democrat to criticize Biden's decision. He's up for re-election in a state that Biden narrowly won by 12,000 votes back in 2020. New York City Assistant Corporation Counsel has been fired from her job after speaking out at New York City Mayor Eric Adams' press conference outside of City Hall on Monday. Daniela Jampel was fired after publicly objecting to Mayor Adams about face on his plan to lift the COVID-19 mask mandate for children under the age of five. He had planned to lift that mandate back on April 4th. Adams dropped his initial plan, though, after an appeals court upheld his right to keep it in place. Adams defends his decision due to the BA2 variant. They're going to pivot and shift as COVID is pivot and shifting. There's a new variant. The numbers are increasing. We're going to move at the right pace, and that's the role I must do. That's what I stated. I'm living up to my promises. Champel tweeted Monday night that she's retaining counsel. She also tweeted in French that she regrets nothing related to her opposition to the mandate, and she has since deleted that tweet. Golf champ Tiger Woods attempting a comeback 14 months after a near-fatal car crash. He suffered severe leg injuries. During a press conference, Woods announced he intends to play in the Masters tourney, saying he thinks he can win it. Here's Woods making the announcement. Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play as of right now. Woods has won the Masters five times, lastly in 2019. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center rain mainly before 11 a.m., then patchy drizzle, slight chance of showers till 2 p.m. The highs 53 today. Patchy drizzle overnight with a slight chance of showers before 2 a.m., then a chance of showers after 2 a.m. with some patchy fog overnight. Cloudy skies, the lows 50. Showers are likely tomorrow and possibly a thunderstorm, the high near 52. Right now, we have light rain outside and a reading of 45 degrees here in Manhattan. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. According to emails obtained by the New York Post, current White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain approached the president's son, Hunter Biden, in September of 2012. For help raising $20,000 for a foundation that looks after the vice president's residence, of course, Joe Biden not 
president at that time. Klain allegedly told Hunter Biden to keep it low key to prevent bad PR. Here's Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee criticizing the Bidens and Klain on Fox News. Then you have Ron Klain saying, hey, I need this money, but hey, buddy, keep it on the low, low. Uh, they knew it was wrong, but they did it anyway. It shows you they all knew this. According to Fox News, Hunter Biden forwarded Klain's email to Eric Sherwin, a longtime business partner who was managing his finances. The initial email from Klain and Hunter Biden's September 24th response were obtained by the Post from the now first son's laptop, which he left behind at a computer repair shop in Delaware. That was back in April 2019. In October 2020, the laptop was the source of a blockbuster series of reports by the Post about Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine and China. After initially questioning the authenticity of what the laptop revealed, the New York Times and Washington Post just in recent weeks, have confirmed the information it contained. Well, the U.S. Senate put Katanji Brown-Jackson on a clear track to be confirmed later this week as the U.S. Supreme Court's 116th justice and its first black woman. Three Republicans joined Democrats to advance her nomination. Senators Linda Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, and Senator Susan Collins of Maine. Senate Majority Leader Schumer called for a vote to move the nomination out of committee after it was deadlocked in an 11 to 11 vote. U.S. Republican Senators Lindsey Graham and John Cornyn speak on behalf of Jackson. This choice of Judge Jackson was really embraced by the most radical people in the Democratic movement to the exclusion of everybody else. When the Supreme Court blatantly engages in policymaking, It takes away the power of the people to decide for themselves. All 50 members of the Democratic caucus also backed Jackson in a 53-47 procedural vote. Many Republicans criticized Jackson as having a soft-on-crime approach in many of her sentencing cases during her confirmation hearings before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee. Well, the definition of the word woman surfaced during hearings for Katanji Brown-Jackson and when asked by Fox News Digital, a handful of Biden administration federal agencies were unable to define the meaning of the word woman. The Biden administration's Department of Justice, the DOJ, Department of Education, Department of Housing and Urban Development and the Federal Bureau of Prisons all contacted by Fox News Digital. Here's Jackson refusing to provide definition of the word woman during her hearings. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No, I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. As for clarification, too, the National Institutes of Health refused to comment. When Democrat Stacey Abrams, you might remember, first ran for Georgia governor, that was back in 2018, her lackluster personal finances and a hefty bill from the feds, the IRS, had Republicans questioning how could Abrams manage a state when she can't manage her own finances. Well, Abrams now claims she's worth $3.17 million as she makes a bid for governor. Since her 2018 defeat to Republican Brian Kemp, Abrams has become a leading voting rights activist. We are at a critical moment for our democracy. Last year, Republicans passed dozens of laws restricting the right to vote, and they're at it again this year. We need to elect Democratic governors all across the country who will stand up for our voting rights and be defenders against voter suppression. 
Abrams was considered as a potential running mate to President Joe Biden. She is widely credited with organizing voters in Georgia to back Biden. He became the first Democrat to carry that state back in the 2020 presidential election in some 28 years. Well, meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris was ripped by critics this week for appearing on stage without a mask. At the time, she was surrounded by masked school children during a visit Monday to the Thomas Elementary School in Washington, D.C. These young people who dream of becoming scientists and doctors and engineers and teachers, young people filled with so much passion and purpose. And our future will be determined. I know that. By these young leaders. Visitors to social media rip the apparent double standard while others question the future under Democratic leadership. 77 WABC Time Check 515. Justin Ellick here and has a look at sports. Yes, I do, Deb. Happy Wednesday. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. After two straight losses, the Nets got back in the win column last night with a 118-105 home win over the Houston Rockets. Kyrie Irving shined once again with 42 points, 17 of them coming in the fourth quarter to help Brooklyn finish out the W. With Cleveland, Atlanta, and Charlotte all losing, the Nets propelled themselves into a tie for eighth place in the Eastern Conference. A seventh-place finish would see Brooklyn host a game at the Barclays Center to open this year's play-in tournament. Up next for the Nets is a showdown at the Garden tonight against the Knicks. That tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. To the ice we go now as all three local teams were in action last night, with two of them in the Rangers and Devils going head-to-head in Newark. The Blue Shirts would take a first period 2-1 lead and not look back from there, using a Justin Braun goal in the third to put away the Devs for good by a score of 3-1. Chris Kreider continued his dominance, setting a franchise record in the first frame with his 25th power play goal of the season. As for the Islanders, they couldn't pull it out in Dallas against the Stars. They fell 3-2 to two before, uh, before um, going on short hiatus here until Friday night when they'll be in Carolina to face off with the Hurricanes. Also an update from Augusta National Golf Club in Georgia as well regarding the Masters Tournament as 15-time major champion Tiger Woods has announced he does indeed plan to tee it off come Thursday's first round. Not only does the 46-year-old plan to play the Masters, but he also plans to win it. When asked if he believes he can win on golf's biggest stage, the Big Cat said, quote, I do. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. For your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center, rain today are highs 53, some patchy drizzle showers overnight, patchy fog too, cloudy skies, lows 50, more showers tomorrow, possibly an afternoon thunderstorm, the high 52. Right now, 45 degrees rain here in Manhattan. Frank Morano is along with your business report. I am Frank Morano with your business report. Jack Dorsey, co-founder and former CEO at Twitter, said he is partially to blame for the centralization of the Internet. Dorsey stepped down as CEO at Twitter in November. Dorsey's post was made two days before it was disclosed on Monday that Elon Musk, CEO at Tesla, acquired 73.49 million shares or a 9.2% passive stake on Twitter, becoming the biggest shareholder of the platform. Here's a truth former President Donald Trump doesn't want to hear. His social network, Truth Social, is falling apart. The app has seen its downloads plunge so low that it has fallen off the App Store charts. The company is losing investors, executives, and attention. And though his adult sons just joined, Trump himself hasn't posted there in weeks. Billionaire hedge fund founder Ray Dalio has warned that the U.S. economy is headed for stagflation, similar to that of the 1970s. 
Stagflation is defined as a period of high inflation paired with an economic slowdown and rising unemployment, an unusual combination that the U.S. faced in the 1970s when oil crises and failed monetary policy stunned the economy. JetBlue Airways made a $3.6 billion all-cash offer for Spirit Airlines, raising questions about Spirit's deal to combine with rival discount carrier Frontier Airlines. The bid comes less than two months after Spirit and Frontier agreed to merge into a discount airline behemoth. Trading in Spirit shares was halted before the market closed Tuesday after the stock spiked more than 22% to $26.92. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. All right, thanks, Frank. Looking at futures this morning, the Dow's in the red down 119 points at 34,432. S&P 500, it's down 18 and one quarter points. The NASDAQ has dropped 89 and three quarter points. Gold up $4.50 an ounce at 1,932 bucks. And as for crude oil this morning, up a dollar one a barrel at $102.97. It's the WABC Early News. Well, welcome back to the 77 WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine. New York Governor Kathy Hochul argued on Monday that taxpayers won't foot a majority of the bill for that controversial Buffalo Bill Stadium deal. Independent watchdogs have estimated the plan could cost up to $1.13 billion in state subsidies. Hochul was asked about the delayed state budget. I'm well aware that this is a very different budget process where there has been significant respect for both houses. There has been a spirit and air collaboration, which is, I'm going to say, is unprecedented. So we're going to get to the right outcome, which is a good budget, a transformative budget for New Yorkers by working together. So taxpayers will be on the hook for about $600 million from state coffers. Erie County residents, of course, where the stadium's located, will foot the bill for another $250 million bucks. The NFL and the billionaire Bills owners, Terry and Kim Pagula, will cover about $550 million of the $1.4 billion with the B Stadium deal. They live down in Florida. Hoko's husband also holds a lucrative culinary contract for the current Bills Stadium. The issue is becoming a political liability for lawmakers all across New York State and has been roundly criticized by far-left Democrats and conservatives alike. Also, New York Governor Hochul claimed Monday that she was unaware prosecutors had issued subpoenas related to Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin's failed comptroller campaign. The campaign, of course, before his appointment to Lieutenant Governor, which happened last year. The Daily News first reported Benjamin was still serving as a state senator representing Harlem when his campaign for New York City comptroller received subpoenas from the Manhattan DA's office. The investigation was then put on hold when the DA's office actually found out that federal investigators were also looking into fundraising related to the campaign. The investigation resulted in the arrest of longtime Benjamin ally Gerald Migdahl. The Harlem landlord and lawyer was charged back in November with facilitating phony donations intended to boost Benjamin's campaign war chest so he could receive public matching funds. Well, New York State launched its first ads in anticipation of legally selling pot marijuana later this year with the warning, don't drive high. Here's Chris Alexander. He's from the Office of Cannabis Management on PIX11. And the research that we did building up to the campaign, we found that very few New Yorkers knew that we had legalized it all. 
And according to the State Office of Cannabis Management, customers will be able to buy cannabis products in licensed retail stores by year's end. 15-second and 30-second public TV service ads and billboards are being unveiled as part of the state's Cannabis Conversations campaign. More violence reported in the New York City subway system. A subway rider had his neck slashed with a box cutter while riding the number four train Tuesday morning. It followed an argument with another man at the Wall Street station. Now, there is video of the suspect that cops are searching for, and that is up on our website. Take a look, wabcradio.com. The victim in this taken to Bellevue Hospital, where he is expected to recover. Meanwhile, riders remain fearful despite New York City's increased presence of police patrols in the transit system. New Mayor Eric Adams has vowed to crack down on the problem, but so far has failed to ease New Yorkers' fears. Well, in the wrong place at the wrong time, a Bronx woman dead after being hit by gunfire. Police say the 61-year-old woman died after being caught in the crossfire of two groups of men who began firing at each other following an argument. NYPD Deputy Chief Eric Hernandez identified the victim here as Juana Esperanza Soriano de Perdomo. She was shot. Immediately requested EMS to the scene, applied quick clot bandages to her injury and performed CPR for life-saving attempts before EMS arrived. EMS removed our victim to the St. Barnabas Hospital where, unfortunately, she was pronounced deceased. The woman was shot in the back on East 188th Street, and a preliminary investigation here confirms that the gunfire came from the same street where the armed men were fighting. An investigation is ongoing. Well, some say it was absolutely a miracle. A four-year-old boy survived a fall from a sixth-floor window at NYCHA's Patterson Houses Complex. That's on East 143rd Street in the Mott Haven section. Now, investigators think this child, this four-year-old boy, fell between a gap in the window created by an air conditioner. Resident Lay Suarez told ABC7 he was left shaken by the incident. Just even thinking it and just imagining a little kid coming out the window is horrifying. It's horrifying. Police officers drove the boy to the emergency room at Lincoln Hospital where he was treated for a leg injury. He is expected to survive. And some apartments at the complex do not have window guards, residents say. And they are, of course, required for all New York City apartments with children under the age of 10. A fired editor from WNYC Radio alleges her workplace was nothing but a toxic cesspool of race and gender discrimination where bullies harass colleagues. Jamie Floyd is this person's name. She's 57 years old, the former director of the public radio station's Race and Justice Unit. She alleged workplace race, gender and age discrimination at a fiery Manhattan press conference. Floyd announced her intention to sue the station and its parent company, New York Public Radio. She also accused her ex-employer of retaliatory harassment, defamation, and a violation of her civil rights. For years, black and brown people in general and black women specifically have had their careers derailed at New York Public Radio. Floyd abruptly resigned from her WNYC post Monday morning after 45 of her articles were removed from the WNYC.org and Gothamist websites for alleged plagiarism. New York Public Radio said in a statement to the Post on Tuesday that it takes any allegation of discrimination, harassment, and other violations of our policies at our organization 
seriously. Showing your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain today, our highs 53, some patchy drizzle, fog, showers overnight, the lows 50, and more rain tomorrow with a high near 52. Right now, 45 degrees rain in Manhattan. All 1960s teen heartthrob Bobby Rydell has died at the age of 79. According to Variety, Rydell died of pneumonia. He appeared in the 1963 musical comedy, Remember, Bye Bye Birdie. Paul McCartney also reportedly credited Rydell's swinging school as the inspiration behind the Beatles, She Loves You. Specifically, the lyric, Yeah, 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 which Rydell had used in the 1960 song, Swingin' School. We are, of course, working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program, and I've got the sneak preview. Sid was just in the studio, left his uh, coffee mug on the counter here. He's, we'll be along very shortly. Here are the guests today on Bernie and Sid. 740, former Congressman Peter and King joining Bernie and Sid. 925, Tina Forte. Who is she, you say? Well, she is running for election to the U.S. House of Representatives to represent New York's 14th Congressional District. And, of course, the primary is coming up on June 28th. The Peerless Spoilers Beat Bernie Contest at 940, Monday through Friday. Of course, you can take part 32 past each hour. Sid Sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. And I'll be listening to this, 30 past each hour. As you know, we do the 77 WABC clip of the day. Well, today, the guys behind the glass, like Luke Lograno, Mike Dodino, and Justin Ellick, I, I can't wait to hear that one of those guys uh, weighing in. And I don't know what yet. You'll have to listen. So, Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. Sid's here. Bernie Sid next right here on 77 WABC. Don't go anywhere and be back with us tomorrow morning at 5 for 77 WABC early news.